0: The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. There are two sides to the broadcast industry, content creators and moneymakers. This podcast is for that second group, sellers, buyers, managers, anyone with an interest in business. You're all welcome here. This is Seller to
1: Seller Now, here's your host, Jeff Caves. Bob Gelb's on quite the run in radio. He's been with WFAN since its inception in 87. Famously was with Mike and the Mad Dog as their producer from 89 through 1997. He's also worked as the WFAN sports director and eventually made the transition into the sales game. Bob has deviated and deviated from the radio business when he followed Don Imus, to wabc i should say deviated from wfan return to the fan though and he's been there since 2009 you may have heard of his son zach he is on cbs sports radio as a host we could talk forever about producing for mike and the mad dog i'm sure you have a book in the works and all of that but this is a seller to seller podcast and i'm curious at what point you knew it was time to transition or go to the dark side and get involved in sales? How'd that work? Uh,
0: the dark side it is. Um, I mean, the, the bottom line was I, I had been producing radio programs from 1981 to 1997, started in Philly at WCAU, uh, which is the CBS O. We had the Philadelphia basketball, the Phillies, Sixers um the eagles we had everybody and it was kind of a a foray into sports radio because we'd done done sports shows there from 5 30 to midnight monday through friday with named steve fredericks god rest his soul don Henderson, and a gentleman bill campbell who was the voice of the eagles and the the phillies for years and you know you, you sit on a board and you produce programs and you talk to uh uh, baseball George sports, Jerry, Eli from <laughs> Westchester, right. Every caller who, you know, I started talking to them more than I was, you know, talking to my mother. Um, and, and you hear the same question over again, you hear the same, the same different wrinkles to it, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, worked in Philly, uh, then to New York when, when FAN started and, um, and it was really a matter of, you know, monotony. In um, fact, you know, Mike and Chris, monotony and money. Uh, it's about the money, you know. Uh, but uh, getting Mike Francesa his Diet Cokes was not going to afford my kids a child's education. <laughs> and I saw these sales guys, you know, not knowing half about what I knew about radio stations, sports radio, you know, uh-huh. tooling around their BMWs. I said, what am I doing wrong here? And, uh, yep, join the dark side. Uh, in november of 1997
1: wow okay so bob when you did that uh some of us weren't privileged to be able to hear mike and the mad dog every day what kind of a presence did you have on the air where if you went out in sales people said
0: oh my god here he is yeah i'll talk to this guy yeah it it didn't hurt that's for sure i mean I, i wasn't I was, I'm not a sales. I'm not a, I don't love sales. I mean, I love a radio station. I love sports radio. Right. I helped build, you know, I I'd like to think I helped build, you know, the medium and, and definitely WFAN and was very influential in the success of and Chris's program and the radio station. And um, it, it was, it was, it was that passion that I believe led me to say, Hey, I really do have to send my kids to college. And uh, understanding the machinations and the inner workings of how I was able to uh, integrate my clients into the body of programming, as opposed to selling spots and dots to agencies. I, I am not an agency seller. Uh, CPP, cost per point, always meant to me, commission postponed. Um, <laughs> and uh and, and like i know how to integrate a client into a radio program and my ideas and my relationship with talent whether it be imus whether it you know whether it be mike and chris whether it be boomer and geo now Craig carton who was my you know wasn't my intern and Pete franklin show in 1989 when he was or 1989 yeah when he was going to syracuse wow um yeah it, um it was it was all that knowledge and. Love and passion for help building the station. That said, hey, I, I, I can sell this stuff. I mean, that's not a problem.
1: Did hey. you? Were you an early adopter into live reads, and now we call them influencers, and and you were direct. I'm assuming almost all direct business is that. And then, how did you pursue oh, yeah. these relationships? Uh,
0: it's it's. I learned how to work the phone. I was always good on the telephone, getting people on the air. So you know, I I always was. You know, very uh, diplomatic in speaking to gatekeepers when I wanted to find, you know, a a decision maker at a company.
1: Uh And
0: um, it it definitely does not hurt um, saying you're calling from the IMIS in the morning program. Don IMIS asked me to give you a call. Uh, (laughs) My friend said. you know, by the way, I'm calling from um, Daryl Strawberry's office uh, at the New York Mets. Because we sold the Mets. I mean, these are our these are these are our, our talent, and uh, it was a, a nothing was you know, kind of a little roundabout way getting people on the telephone. But uh, we really, I mean, how how it's changed to today to how it was then. It made it very easy to have the the personalities that that we sold and and the brand of WFAN uh, to get people on the telephone. And once I have you on the phone, I'm coming to see you. And and once I see you, I, I, I'm 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 noticing everything I can possibly notice in. In a one-on-one meeting with people. I mean, I'm looking at, and I'm listening to who I'm speaking to, but I'm checking out the walls to see how many kids they have to see the picture of him and his buddies with a, you know, fishing for, for blues, um, or playing golf. And, um, you know, one of the best ways that I've always thought to be a salesperson is be real and, and talk family and understand what people like and, Mm -hmm. uh, take that integration, those thought uh, processes and, and integrate them into the program. And I, have been very successful doing it that. And it's, it's changed a lot, obviously um, because there are just so many avenues of communication these days, but it still works the fan. I mean, I love, you know, a, you know, boomer size and needed new golf clubs and he needed to get fitted. So, and I called Club Champion. I said, "I'm calling from Boomer Osiasen's office, and you know, Boomer'd like some sticks. Um, Can I work a deal? Just yeah, negotiate, yeah. We'll ne- negotiate a trade deal. Boomer'll drop his endorsement fee, which will keep more money on the table for me. Right? He will get you know a brand new set of sticks. He'll go through the process. He'll then go on the air and do live reads to promote your business. And I mean, that's just you know one. Of, I didn't get enough money on that buy, but I should have. <laughs> a lot of money. Hey, Bob, how many times Bob,
1: do you yes. tell a client when you get to know them past the initial pleasantry stage, when you feel like you have a connection, do you tell some of them, you know, I hate sales, but let me see how I can help you. You know, what? how do you transition the real guy into, oh my God, I got to sell digital and they're on my ass
0: to sell this and that. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not too well. To tell you the truth. I'm <laughs> still a, I'm still a you know live read kind of endorsement guy, and I, I you have to transition into digital. It's not fair to the client. Sure. Explaining to that 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 to them is one thing, but then again, you know, here's the, the, the knowing the radio station. If you if you're doing a live read, um, our systems queue normally do not pick up the transition to go to the streaming split off on commercials. So my live reads are going to appear on the stream um so we're rated separately as far as our streaming and, and, and um our or over the-air uh, ratings go um so there's that added value point mm-hmm. but it's still it, people just listen obviously and and digest their media a lot differently these days so it's really unfair not to sell streaming media so I, I do include streaming media by the way this is the <laughs> this is strange but and and who knows what your audience will think of me, but it's the first podcast I've ever listened to or been a part of. I have never tuned in a podcast. I swear. And I'm not a podcast. I don't even know how to find out. I know there's a little button I can press on my radio, <laughs> my, my phone to find podcasts. but I, I, I get what I want to listen to, you know, on, on the radio sure. still. Um, and I like to read a little bit more than everybody in the world. has a podcast. And it just, I don't, I, don't know, my, I guess I'm, my, my, I'm kind of dull. My interests might be limited, but I think uh, I've survived pretty much okay to this point. But if I were getting into this business right now, uh, it would be something completely different for me. I don't know if I could do what I've done today um, just because how much it's changed.
1: Yeah. So, you know, talking about all this change, Bob, and and where it's headed, we have talked in the past here with Jason Barrett and others. There ought to be more guys who've been on the air or been in the producer's role, which there's tons of selling there, as you mentioned, getting interviews, that more of those folks should be making the transition to sales or doing both. I did both and for, for years, 30-some years. What are your thoughts on more people in the programming getting involved in sales, and what does it take, and who would be ideal candidates?
0: Great question. Um, and. You either have to be, A, desperate like I was, or B, just, I mean, you have to, or, or realize that, you, you know, you understand what, what the radio station is is about. It, there's such a, there's such a fine, a, a, a tough divide between programming and sale, and sales, as you know. I mean, we're hated. I mean, I know here earth comes that pain in the ass salesperson, mm-hmm. you know, and it, to me, I understanding what goes on and, and being to, able to articulate um, what I do to the people. I in a job without permission. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I, I, I just, I think I understand how, how, how the business works so well that it's, it's more about understanding the crap people are going through in programming and being able to transition that into sales. You have to, I mean, you have to be either desperate or you have to want to make more money. We have a a young woman uh, who was Mark Chernoff's um, uh, assistant, executive assistant for, Mm -hmm. for a bunch of years. And she said, I can't do this. She was in the same position that I was. I can't do this anymore. Uh, and came to me, came to Danny C, came to Greg, he's a bunch of the, you know, the experienced sellers that, that we've known her for a long time, and said, how do I get into sales? And then, you know, and, and she's very personable, a great, a great gal. And, you know, unfortunately, she has a better relationship with boomer than I do. So now she gets first did into boomer's office and I'm waiting for her to get the hell out. I should say, Vicky, you never should have gone in sales. You should have stayed with Chernoff, but, um, you know what, she's, she's taken, you know, that philosophy, um, works really well with talent cause she's seen what talent does, what they go through and has worked with them and is great at what she does. So, um, I mean, it's it's a personal decision, obviously, for, for someone in programming, but you're not going to make, I mean, once you realize that you're not like one of those superstar on-air sure. talents, you're going to have to think about doing something different because, you know, I, I really tip my hat to people who have stayed in the business as just a producer or, or you know cutting tape in the background either you know they have a trust fund or I don't know they're <laughs> just very happy in, in their being but um, yeah it, it''s, it's I, I would always ask around talk to salespeople because there's always somebody at the station who's transitioned from someplace in programming uh, and about how they'd be able to, to make the transition more smooth.
1: All right, let me ask you this. I I promised myself I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to do it because I've got you here who sells okay. a lot of live read, a lot of testimonial. I want to hear from mm-hmm. you a pros and cons, good or bad or good story. My M- Mad Dog, Mike and Imus, you, you I don't know if you got a chance to sell some of the endorsements or maybe some of Imus's, you know, body oh, shop merchandise, man. you know, but, sure but tell not, me, yeah. tell me about selling those three people, what they were like, what it was. They're all different.
0: Uh, miss pulled his gun on me on numerous occasions and clicked <laughs> him back and stayed a, yeah, it's funny now. And it was funny then, um, but more the, 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 in the cancel culture world, boy, I could have made a lot of money. And I just i, I miss was an equal opportunity offender. I don't really believe he was, you know, a, a racist, though. The words that came out of his mouth were mm-hmm. terrible. You know, I, I miss, um, you know, raised thirty five million dollars for kids with cancer, adopted an African-American child. A lot of people don't know about the things that I miss did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss I miss was well, tough as could be. Um. But selling him was the the greatest thing that in my in my selling career, selling Don and the way he was able to uh, transcend the the listener to the president. I mean, it it was amazing how how he continually changed his on air persona, Uh, a very intelligent guy. Um, we had, we, we did some, you know, just some great things together as far as sales go. I mean, yeah, yeah the official writing instrument of the, I miss in the morning program was cross pens. I, nice. I mean, I walk into a, I call, a quick story if you have the time, you know, uh, gatekeeper at cross pens in Lincoln, Rhode Island. And this is about, this is 1997. One of my first sales, I go up there during the holidays, talk to a gal named Deb Southworth was a gatekeeper. I said, hey, I'm calling from the Imus in the morning program. You're calling from Imus? <laughs> well, yeah, I'd love to talk to your CEO. Um, well, you don't want to talk to our CEO. You want to talk to our CFO, John Rogerry. John Rogerry is the biggest Imus fan, you know, in the entire world. Good start. I was pens earlier than this to a guy by the name of Bruce who who is the director of marketing. He would not take my phone calls. Um, mm-hmm. This is when I realized that you got to go to the top first. Get Rogerry on the phone. A week later, I'm in Lincoln, Rhode Island. They were about to list uh, on the NASDAQ, I believe, or the Amex. And I miss was doing, uh, ringing the opening bell. Uh, I integrated them to sponsor that. Wow. Uh, they loved it. It's about an 18 grand buy uh, for the next five years. They were the official writing instrument, spending, you know, a couple hundred grand a year. Wow. I mean, that's stuff like that. You know, you just, kismet or whatever, but damn. It, it that was the power of imus um the greatest sale in the history of the of sports radio or the imus in the morning program at wfan was a seller by the name of of dave's uh dave uh, spoltoff who's no longer with us great guy dave uh, you know imus would do a time check for um aflac uh yes. and for i'm sorry for his time check it would be a quack quack duck yes, sound.
1: Yes. quack yes so,
0: right uh dave goes to aflac and says instead of doing the quack quack we will sell you an aflac sound effect wow six hundred thousand dollars direct non-spot for a freaking aflac duck you know it's absolutely amazing when you think
1: about it all right what about mike what about what about francesa working with him his i can't Uh, imagine how much energy he put into his reads
0: yeah mike and then mike mike and you know mike and i were extremely close um uh, you know he was bouncing my my, my kids on his knees and, and <laughs> back in the day uh we have since gone our separate ways um and uh, it, you know mike was not the greatest of live free commercial technicians I thought it would probably be a little bit better in that so i it was more of uh, I, I really didn't sell a lot of mike lives a lot of mike recorded yes but not not like mike lives the, the show was you know you, you would be able to hold through a stop set to hear commercials there it didn't, didn't necessarily have to be live and mike and chris um whereas you know when you have a, a, a all-time great nymus it's a whole different story i right. can read a commercial you know craig carton's very similar that way craig's one of the great readers of live spots these days and he's doing a lot of endorsement for me as we speak um but yeah, I, I would I would put Imus is probably the you know Imus Howard obviously who was you know just who created brands and made millions for everybody, including multi millions for himself, Gary, and uh, it's it's a unique um, transition and synergy to be able to take a a client's terms. And, and what they want a spot, and then be able to articulate it to an audience, and to make it part of your program, and and have have it work that way, it was just you know very special. So yeah, I'm as first, no doubt about it. Um, as far as selling, and, you know, Boomer does a great job too these days. Uh, Geo, I don't want to leave anybody out because then if sure. anyone hears this, I'm gonna get killed.
1: But, sure, uh, sure. You sure. Know, well, hey, uh, I, I, while we yeah. have you. I, I sure. would like you to. I'm sure you knew Bernard quite well. His passing mm-hmm. shook a lot of people up. I don't know what your personal relationship was like with him. I thought he was a big part of the show. Um, what
0: was yeah, your Bernie's? It, Bernie, God, God rest his soul. You know, I, I, I feel terrible. Bernie didn't go and get a PSA. I'm sure he'd be the first person to tell you that because he's a guy who's in great shape. Um, yeah. You know, him working, him working with Sid. Uh, you know, they had a, a boxing match fear at the pier back right. in the day, which That's is a right. phrase that I that I actually termed to, to sell that. So it was really a, a lot of fun. And, you know, the first run in I really had with Bernard and I didn't really understand that much at the I show when I was at, at, at F.A.N. But and I didn't understand what was what they were doing at times <laughs> behind the scenes. Talk big. But not really act big in, in person. So Bernard on the air goes one day, uh, we're going to take all of Pete Franklin carts and bulk erase them so they have no production elements. I walked up, I walked up. I mean, I I thought they were going to do it. I you know I walked get into Bernard's face. He's a big dude, but I, I you know don't mess with my radio program. Uh You know you're going to have some serious issues. And you know Bernard and I boom, we, we almost went at it. Uh, and, uh, I realized the shtick that it was, <laughs> and for, you know, Bernie was a genius. I mean, his, 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 his life stories, you know, from you know growing up in a tenements in a Bronx to becoming a cab driver to becoming one of the great wits at radio. Oh and my the you know, the shtick he did was spectacular. Oh. Um, yeah, radio is going to miss Bernard McDiark. Um, Hey, it's a it's a terrible loss. It really is. Good
1: dude. Thank you so much for joining us here on, on this podcast, Seller to Seller. I guess I'll have to send you a copy, show you how to hit play.
0: Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm not that stupid. I'll figure it out. I mean, <laughs> I, it'll be the first one I listen to. I'm sure my kid will listen to it, and critique me. You know, hey, maybe After
1: we'll he make it on. Me. Yeah, CBS Sports yeah. Radio. Thank you so much. Yeah, if yeah. you, uh, sure. uh well, if people want to find you, I'm sure they can do it on LinkedIn, right, Bob.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm available there. Um, My Twitter handle is at Nicely Produced.
1: Subscribe to this. Pass it along. That's how we grow it. You can email me, uh, JeffKs54 at gmail.com. With interview requests, you can check BarrettSportsMedia.com for weekly sales columns and past pods. I will talk to you all next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Seller to Seller with Jeff Caves. Each episode is available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and most podcasting platforms. To stay in touch with Jeff, follow him on Twitter at Jeff Caves and read his sales columns on BarrettSportsMedia.com.